Um, <laughs> hey, Dan. Hey, Jess. Those are some girly shoes you got there. Rude. Right? You should be wearing a mood ring. Oh, it's true. It's so hard. Sure. <laughs> Cut your hair short and then walk through an airport So you can dream of destinations well, Cut your hair short and then walk through an airport Cut your hair short and then walk through an airport Hello everyone and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod Hello everybody and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod <laughs> Oh wait, you just said that One second into the podcast and I already wasn't listening to you Your foremost podcast of... Old timey shoes. Is it? You know what I was thinking? Like this, this. Uh, I'm not ready to do the song "Silly Shoes," but I was like, if we wanted to do a suite of shoe-related episodes, <laughs> we could follow this up with "Silly Shoes." We already did the shoes in the closet, though. That's right. Yeah, that would have been a good like trilogy of songs to do back to back. Hmm. Well, because I was like, what's 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 apparently more of a silly shoe than a penny loafer? Because this week they're we are talking. They're not that silly. They're not that silly. They're kind of weird. It's a it's a strange concept. Do you know what? But I guess we'll get into it. I always got penny loafers and saddle shoes confused. I, don't I even thought know that what a like saddle shoes. You know those like they're like white with black on the sides or vice versa. Like what girls would wear to the sock hop with their like lacy white oh, socks okay. or like what Audrey Horn wears in Twin Peaks. Gotcha. I totally thought that those were penny loafers. Nope, those are saddle shoes. No, I, I had some as a child. But saddle shoes also look heavier and more dangerous. Saddle shoes to me always look like. I mean, I'm looking. They look, they're similar to bowling shoes. I guess when I saw... Yeah, that's what a... Yeah. When I saw a saddle shoe, which I did not know was called a saddle shoe, but whenever I saw them, I thought they looked like bowling shoes and how bowling shoes have those thicker soles. Mm -hmm. So I always thought like you could really screw, F someone up by kicking them with a saddle shoe. Right. No, penny loafers are just dad shoes. Both of our dads totally wear loafer shoes. Yeah, like, loafers are common, but the penny loafer. We, That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at pictures of penny loafers right now. <laughs> this is what happens when we start the podcast without doing the bit first. Right. Because we didn't do the bit first. Which doesn't like, happen which very doesn't, often. I don't know I don't if it's ever happened. ever happened. <laughs> that we were like, we don't have Maybe a bit. Maybe once. Let's figure out the bit for later. After. After. Well, you want to try to do the bit now, and we'll edit it in? Um, (laughs) Hey, Dan. Hey, Jess. Those are some girly shoes you got there. Rude. Right? You should be wearing a mood ring. Oh, it's true. It's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Gender is a construct reliant, Kay. Penny loafers aren't even girly shoes. I think we'll see how much of, of that ends up at the shoes. beginning of the show. <laughs> no, yeah, we we were not into the episode. We're not into the song discussion yet. We're a little thrown off. Look so. at these grandpa shoes, the white ones. <laughs> like everybody's grandpa has some of those. There's a similar. To I mean, boat from shoes. back in the day, yeah. But before we get into all of that, we do have top of the show business. So, um, we're. So I was like, do we just call Wednesday podcast day from now on? Because I always think of Tuesday as podcast day. We drop it at midnight. We drop it at 11.59 on Tuesday. Right. And um, this is like the worst year of my life. (laughs) 
So it just makes it like harder and harder to record. And I don't want to bog everybody down with a bunch of stuff, but I had something pretty bad happen this weekend and it made me not want to record. And then I found out just now that like right before we're going to record that Josh McTerrigan is feeling the same way and he doesn't have any episodes to do right now. So what is it with the Reliant? What's trying to, why is the enemy attacking the Reliant K podcast community? The enemy. Why is the enemy trying to take down the Reliant K podcast community? The enemy. Yeah. Who are you? What's going on? So we're, so I was like, maybe we'll just start calling Wednesday the day that we released the podcast. What okay. do you think of that? Uh, to be honest, I have always thought it was Wednesday. I thought the episodes <laughs> dropped Wednesday every week. I had no idea I mean, you dropped them at 11.59 specifically. I thought they came out at like midnight on midnight, Wednesday. Midnight, Tuesday into Wednesday. I didn't realize you were doing one Did of those things was... like they used to do at movie theaters where they're yeah. like, it's a midnight movie, but technically start, starts <laughs> at 11.59 so that our calendars don't get messed up or whatever. Like... Did you uh, did you think I was releasing it uh, midnight from Wednesday into Thursday? No, I just okay. thought you it just, was. You thought of it as Wednesday, yeah. But to me, I thought of it as Tuesday. This is a real glass half full, half empty situation. It kind of so. Sees, what you're saying is that from now on, <laughs> from now on, the episodes will continue to come out on Wednesday, just at some <laughs> well, random thing, point I'm on Wednesday. If we say the episodes are going to come out on Wednesday. The next thing you know, they're coming out on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. So let's just keep calling it Tuesday into Wednesday. And just do our best, despite the fact that a lot of stuff has been against us recently. And I don't mean to be vague. I actually hate that when you, like, go on Facebook and some... F- oh. That's a, that's a... That's spam. Oh, oh and it's ringing in the Bluetooth, because I already have the Bluetooth hooked up. No more stuff against us. No, I'm just kidding. So I hate that on Facebook. Hello. <laughs> it sounds like an outgoing ring, but it's, it's the Bluetooth is confused. So, podcast um, comes out on Wednesdays. Got it. I will continue but to. But that thing, I was gonna say that thing of. Go with that. <laughs> okay, that thing where like you go on a Facebook, you go on Facebook. I know you don't have Facebook right now, but you go on Facebook and you see someone who maybe you haven't communicated with recently, and they're and they say something vague about like, "Don't worry about me, everyone. I'm doing fine." And you're like, "What happened to this person?" You look in the comments and there's nothing. You look on the wall and there's nothing. And you realize that maybe that particular friend or acquaintance you know is just a little dramatic or something like that. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to do the same thing right You're now. So dramatic. I know, but I can't, there's some stuff I literally <laughs> can't talk. Jessica knows what it is, and I can't talk about it. I could talk about it if anyone wants to ask me, but I literally can't talk about it. Not publicly. Not yeah. publicly. But I can mention something since we are doing a shoe-based episode this week. <sighs> Poor Danny. He's had a year. I can talk about something that I, I, there is something I can talk about that was a setback because it's already been on Twitter. It's already been on Twitter, and I and I could have talked about it last week, but honestly, it was so fresh I didn't want to talk about it. I'd already talked about it on Twitter. So a week, two weeks ago now, uh, before we recorded last week's episode, we had just gotten back from our trip that we talked about last week, and the first thing we kind of had to do our first day back was we were helping a friend of ours where they had an event at a church and we Jessica was helping with filming it and I was just kind of there as like general support or whatever I actually spent time hanging out with like the watching not officially watching but watching our friend's kids and just hanging out with them and stuff and I helped set up a few things and moved a few things around well when the event was over the piano, it, it was like a regular standing, not a grand piano, like one of those standing back. Just an upright Upright piano, piano yeah. 
and it had been moved outside because it was an outside event. So I was helping to move it back in, right? And I'm, it's coming through the door and I'm pulling it as someone else is pushing it and it's got to get up over the uh, threshold at the bottom of the door. So I'm kind of lifting it and then it comes, it comes speeding at me. And I'm like, whoa, and it comes speeding at me. And it, uh, how do you describe it? So it ran over my, it didn't run over my toe because that implies that the wheel went over my toe. You had a piano related accident, which is the funniest of all accidents. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon, Onion. So was it Daniel that sent us that or Brady? One of them, because they were asking me a bunch of stuff about this. Anyway, um, so what happened was it was, it was nothing ran over my toe. My toe went under the piano but there wasn't enough space under the piano for my toe. Oh, trigger warning. Just oh, trigger grossness. warning. Just this isn't the goriest thing you're going to hear today. And this is also part of the reason why I didn't want to talk about it last week. But it basically, here it goes. It bent my toenail back. It bent half my toenail back. And I'll, and it hurt really bad. Cut off the I, circulation. And it, so, I'll, so it, it cut off the circulation of my toe, although I didn't realize that at the time. It hurt really bad. And, but it was it was like... I don't know if it was the worst pain I've ever felt, but it was like the most shocking pain I'd ever felt because I could still talk and the pain was coming and going and I was kind of in shock. Like it didn't hurt at all first. And then it was like an irritation, a horrible feeling, but not really like pain. Like not, it's really difficult feeling to describe because it he was absolutely went awful. into shock. And by when we got him to the hospital, the like he, I had, I had to wait to find a parking spot. So he had to walk himself into the ER and he was just like completely in shock, and they ended up admitting him immediately. And well, they better because like part of my toe, there was a little. <laughs> I, it was I bleeding. I won't go into the gory details. It was gross. He was but bleeding we, all we, over. We the got place. me in the car. It, it, I was in not enough pain that I didn't need to call an ambulance, and I was able to hobble on the one foot. And two people at the church helped me, carried me to the car. We got me in the car. We put a, a towel under my foot so I wouldn't bleed all over the car. It wasn't even bleeding that much. But we get to the we get to the airport. No, we get to. The, <laughs> I'm actually thinking of the song this week. We get to the hospital, like Jessica said, that all happens, and then um, they put me in a bed, and I'm just like writhing in the bed, just writhing. And there's a lady who only speaks Spanish next to me, and there's a curtain between us. But I'm probably like freaking her out, and she's having some sort of like abdominal, like possibly cancer-based thing mm-hmm. from what I was gathering. And, like, I'm probably, like, this lady's having a horrible time, too. And I'm over here just going, ah, fuck, ah, ah, like, the whole time. It was like awful. scaring this poor woman. So let's skip over any more gory details. And I'll just describe how it was fixed. This is fun. I, fi- I like this part of the story. Oh. So he comes in and he starts, the doctor starts, he takes, like, something pointy. I don't know what, I didn't look. He takes something pointy and he starts poking around my toe and asking yeah. how it feels. I'm like, oh, I'm sick. And it just is a test. He's like, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, now we're going to start injecting this pain reliever in there. Do you remember what it was called? Uh, lidocaine. Lidocaine. He put. He ultimately puts like five or six shots of lidocaine in my foot because he'll put a shot in and then he'll test me. I'm like, oh, it still hurts. And then he put another. he wasn't getting any circulation. Yeah. So the blood wasn't flowing and it wasn't doing what it needed to do. Right. So it, he kept, he put so much lidocaine in my foot and it wouldn't stop hurting. And he was kind of surprised and didn't understand why. So he starts, he's like, we got to push it back into place. It's folded over your toe. We got to push it back into place. <laughs> Cut your hair short and then walk through an airport. Welcome to this episode. So he finally 
So, and he says, okay, there's a sec, if we can't, and he keeps trying to fold it over, and he's like, I can't believe the lidocaine isn't taking place. We gotta fold this over, we gotta get it back in place. He's like, okay, look, there's a second, there's a plan B, we can, we can cut it off. And that might be less painful for you, but you know, it won't heal properly if we do it that way. And I'm like, whatever, whatever you think. So he tries to fold it back over again. I'm still screaming. And then he's like, okay, all right, we're gonna have to go with plan B. And I'm like, okay. And then right then he just folds it over real fast. (laughs) Like he did that thing that they do in action movies where someone's like lies to you and says, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna snap your bone back in place when I count to three. And then they immediately do it. They did that in Black Widow. They, they literally just did that in Black Widow. So once he got it back into place, the lidocaine immediately went through my whole foot. I was way better. And the healing process has been like... it. The healing process has been so easy for this kind of injury that I actually felt like, did I overreact? And I'm like, no, the pain was horrible. Like you always hear about like tortures, like literal, you know, like tortures happen with fingernails and toenails. But the, 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 when the, the pain relief was so instant and the healing has been so quick that I was like, it, it felt like a dream and it was an awful experience. Yeah, it's still all bruised and has some like blood pooled up under the nail. But it's, but it's, it's doing but really, you would really think well. You would only, He's doing you would, amazing. You would almost think I just dropped something on it. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't think the injury was as bad as it, it was actually gross. was. If, if I showed it to you, which I will not. <laughs> but it really isn't that bad today. So it's not broken. Everything's good. That's Danny's wacky piano injury. That's my way. And I ask, like I said on Twitter, please, everyone, do not blame music. <laughs> this is not music's fault. <laughs> um, so we have plenty more voicemails and nice. none of them are about my toe as far as I'm aware. So let's see who called because we still have all of these voicemails since we got back from vacation. Oh, also, last week we were talking about Marvel and stuff, and actually, I kind of glazed over it, but I really enjoyed Black Panther. Okay. Like, I really enjoyed Black Panther. I thought it was really good. I loved all of the backup badass ladies. I thought that they were wonderful. I thought that, you know, for following pretty much the same formula, they were able to do enough with it that it was really engaging. Right. Well, they gave themselves a leg up. Yeah. As far as not being a literal origin story, like discovering he is the Black Panther. Like, you've already disposed of that baggage and now you can start the story which yeah. is what Doctor Strange should have been Absolutely. I didn't need to see Doctor Strange starting with Doctor Strange and I know that a lot of people don't know necessarily who Doctor Strange is I know most people didn't know who Doctor Strange was when they saw that movie go watch but Dr. Th- Mordred instead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there were better <laughs> ways to tell that story like Dr. Mordred like Dr. Mordred is not mm-hmm. an origin movie Dr. Mordred is a be a really not great B movie like almost like a D or an F movie that they had the rights to make uh, Full Moon Entertainment, which did a lot of direct-to-video and a lot of like cheap theatrical movies. They had the rights to do a Doctor Strange movie, and they didn't get it done in time, so they reworked the script into Doctor Mordred. But Doctor Mordred isn't a... No, we don't need superhero origin movies anymore, unless the story is incredibly unique. Right. Incredibly unique. I don't need to see how Ant-Man got his Ant-Man power. I don't need... I mean, I, I guess the only thing that the Ant-Man origin really endears you to is the character specifically. But I'm not specially endeared to Doctor Strange having seen how he We don't up. need another Peter Parker Spider-Man origin story. Right. We and they know. haven't done that. Yeah. To their credit, they haven't done that. But yeah, that's why those Spider-Man movies are good. And that's why Black Panther is better than all the other ones and whatever. But also, going back to last week, 
I made like a number. I made so in the edit, I was like, oh, I made so many little mistakes and nobody called me out on But like the Osborne, Florida thing was so embarrassing because it turns out <laughs> there is no town of Osborne, Florida. There is Lake Osborne, which is what I saw on Google Maps. So when I saw Osborne Family Lights on YouTube with a Reliant K song playing as people are going through the Osborne Family Lights, nothing in it said this happened at Disney World. So I was like, oh, Osborne, Florida or something. Something did say Florida. So I thought, oh, this must be Osborne, Florida. Totally wrong. It's at Disney World. I said you straight. I know you said me straight, but you hear me struggling to like <laughs> correct my completely incorrect hypothesis about what is the Osborne family lights. And then the other thing I got wrong and didn't never corrected myself in the episode was when we went into that episode, I thought it was, and you hear me say this, I thought that I'm getting nothing for Christmas was from... Deck the Hall, Bruise Your Hands. I thought it was a carryover from Deck the Hall, Bruise Your Hands because it's ro- it's it's more rock and pop rock and pop punk mm-hmm. like all the songs on Deck the Hall, Bruise Your Hands. But no, it was recorded with the Johns, and it's and they you read a, you read you read a review later in the episode where you mentioned how it is recorded specifically for all uh, all work and no reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> Let it snow, baby. Let it rain, dear. Actually, the reindeer do all the work. They do. So those corrections. And now let's see what we have for voicemails. Um, let's see. I won't go all the way back. I'll start from most recently. Hey, Dan and Jess. This is Sean from Pennsylvania. Um, haven't called in for a while, but that's just because I wanted to give you guys a chance to work through some of the backlog before I added more to it. Well, that's the opposite of what I decided to do, but thank you. PA I appreciate in the it. house. You watching Love, Di- Love Island this uh, this yeah. season? Lots of Love Islanders from uh, from Pennsylvania this season. Should we just make this a Love Island podcast? That'd be amazing. Forget about Reliant no. K. <laughs> <No. laughs> Who's your favorite couple, Dan? I have no idea. They're at Casa right now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Everything's getting shaken up. Um, but anyway, uh, you had a couple episodes. I had a couple comments on them. The first one is whenever you did I Need You from Five Score, you guys commented that the production on Five Score sounds huge. And I just want to confirm, like, yes, absolutely. You guys were joking early on in the podcast that you called Five Score um, Reliant Case Thrash Metal album. And I was like, well, I don't know about thrash metal, but I'll definitely give you arena rock because it just sounds so thick and huge and everything. It's like songs, especially like um, Bite My Tongue was like the big one that I was like, yes, this is a huge song that needs to be played to like tens of thousands of people <laughs> in a big arena. So, yeah, no, I absolutely see it. I hear you. That, that album was huge and I loved it at the time. So, yeah, and uh, I also just wanted to take this opportunity to clarify at one point. Um, in a previous e- uh, voicemail, I had mentioned that uh, Deathbed is one of the reasons why I don't think Five Score is, like, my favorite Reliant K album anymore and just said that I'm now one of her favorite people. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> Are you going to be upset if this uh, if this I'm waiting. Counteracts why you were happy with his original statement. I'm waiting. I don't dislike or hate Deathbed. I just feel 
I don't know, it's complicated, but I feel like it does kind of bring the quality of the album down as a whole. Like, the album could be so much better, like, better overall without it, you know, and it could have stood alone and been, like, I don't know, apathetic EP or something like that. But, yeah, but that's my take on Deathbed, again, just some clarification. If you guys want to do another, like, Deathbed follow-up, I'd love to call in and, you know, talk about it, but... Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Five score sounds huge. It's amazing. I love it. So yeah, um, I got something for two lefts too. So I'll call in again to do that one. Yeah, I completely agree with with what you're saying about Deathbed because it really does feel like it should have been its own. Like release it on its own as like an exclusive uh, vinyl at the time. You know, just like a seven inch. It, it's so. It's so different from everything else on that album. And I do like that instead of Thrash Metal, he said Arena Rock, because that's... Right. Like, yeah, when I absolutely. call it the Thrash Metal album, I'm kidding. It's just got some of the crunchiest guitar in Reliant K. So I jokingly call it the... Th- and it's like the highest energy. So I just call, I jokingly call it the Thrash Metal album. But we've ta- we talked about this on the... Uh, when, when the All Work and No Play fan vinyl came out. We were... Or All Work and No Playlist. We said that... You know, it's it's you know we know why Deathbed has to be there, but man, if only they had made it its own seven inch for right. that release as well, because you could have fit three more songs in there. Right. Um. Yeah. So if if uh, you <laughs> so we're we're the plan is to do a second Deathbed episode to do a traditional Sadie Hawkins uh, pod episode, yes. and it just hasn't come up in the cards yet. <laughs> we kind of need everything to be calm. <laughs> And normal. <laughs> like, we can't really approach that episode when there's other baggage in our lives. And I think there have been times since Deathbed Part 1 that we could have jumped in and done it because things were okay. But right now, things aren't great. So why do that? And like, <laughs> just I'm going to need a whole lot of sports money for that episode. Explode. I know, exactly. So uh, we'll hear uh, Sean's voicemail about two left some other time. Here is a voicemail. Here's one more. I think from Jarrett. Hey, Scott Chocolate and Jess. Uh, this is Jarrett. I uh, just want to call in and say um, happy 105 episodes. Yeah. I hope it's 105 because I totally just sang it. Um, just listen to I Am Understood. And uh, I'm currently on the way to Maryland. I'm helping some friends move. Uh, from North Carolina, Maryland now, and so I'm listening to some podcasts, and, uh, yeah, so I, an analogy, I, uh, have a friend of mine who came up with for Star Wars, uh, the sequel trilogy is, like, this five-year-old, like, you know, just starts writing a Star Wars fan fiction, uh, which would be episode seven, basically the same as four, and then, uh, his four-year-old friend comes along and just starts drawing crap in the middle, and then... You know, that would be Last Jedi, episode eight. And then episode nine, uh, the kindergartner comes back and, and takes uh, the paper back and then just continues with the story that he had started writing before the four-year-old came and drew on it. And 100%. Then, uh, 100%. Well, I have heard from the beginning of Disney buying, before Ryan Johnson became this whole discussion, not just on our podcast, but in the world at large, I had heard, and I agree with, the idea that the Disney films are fan f- fiction. Mm-hmm. That, that um, like, 
They're Real really high-budget fan yeah, films. But especially the way in which they cut out George Lucas. Like, George Lucas sold it to them, and he wanted to stay involved in some way. And they yeah. said, no, we're good. He had his and outlines. Yeah, and I yeah. don't care what you think of the the the, the prequels. I don't, like, I don't like them either. Like, I wouldn't put them on. But they're actually, like, a vision. Like, they're, they're a... They're, they're a vision that is then brought to fruition, right? They're the original artist's vision. They're the original artist's vision. And he... there's So anything else done aside from him... And the thing is, some of the best Star Wars stuff you can think of... The original trilogy... Uh, you know, later episodes of the Clone Wars TV show... And things like that... They have George Lucas involved. Like, George Lucas was an amazing like world builder and producer mm-hmm. it's when he was on, the only writer director that it was like when it was pure uncut george lucas vision that it became a problem but when other people really worked with him when lawrence kasdan worked with him with all the people from the tv shows like the clone wars cartoons worked with him like they was amazing stuff like there's stuff in the clone wars tv show that that what do you call it like uh rectifies problems like characters like jar jar like the jar jar of the clone wars tv show is makes a lot more sense as a character than he ever did in the movies and there's similar things like that all across those tv shows so the fact that disney cut george lucas out really is the sorest spot for me because it's like no he's not the best storyteller in the world but he's a great visionary Mm -hmm. in terms of and if if he allows other people to work with him absolutely and in a disney situation that would have been great if you had him there like guiding ideas along but they didn't want that. They wanted to do their own thing, which was have no plan. <laughs> and that's pretty much uh, Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy. Uh, just fan fiction by, you know, these kids. And uh, I'm sure that probably triggers some people listening to that. But, I mean, it's I'm, I don't think I'm wrong. So it's just, uh, just some fan fiction from, you know, Lucas's original work. And uh, I thought I had... I am understood, or at least uh, that message from that song also reminds me of this song by a guy called Chris Renzema, uh, who's a really good uh, Christian artist, worship artist, Christian music art, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but his song, How to Be Yours, is super good. Um, that and God Be, really, that album, I'll Be the Branches, is what those two songs come from, is, is really good. So if y'all haven't heard of that, uh, you should totally check it out. Uh, like there's another thought oh yeah I, I took a computer class when i was in sixth grade um so computer classes are still a thing at least in north carolina um so yeah i uh, hope uh, hope y'all are doing okay and um jess i'm praying for your dad um i'd love, love to know how he's doing uh if y'all talk about him in a, a podcast or not um we're praying for y'all and uh yeah go city hawkins pod go Oh, that's right. I forgot about our sign out. I like that. <laughs> so that one must be from two weeks back. And uh, yeah, as we said last week, Jessica's dad is doing much better. 100% cancer was removed. No zero cancer detected after the surgery. Yes. Thank you so much. So thanks for everyone's prayers on that. Um, so we still got lots of other voicemails, but let's we'll keep going forward. And, He's doing uh, so well that he and my mom are taking a little a little vacation now. Yeah. He can't fly. He's not cleared to fly yet after his procedure. But they right. took a nice a nice drive and are staying in Celebration, Florida, where I'm from. So <laughs> <laughs> shout out Celebration. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
we were ready to get it back back into the song because we had already talked a bit about it before. But Penny Loafer Saved is a Penny Loafer Earned. Do you remember when the vinyl was announced? The uh, the all work and no playlist vinyl was announced, and they showed the T-shirt you could get with the with the pre-order where it mm-hmm. says I voted for High Seventy Five. My meme shirt was I voted for Penny Loafer Saved as a Penny Loafer Earned. It's fantastic. I'll have to repost that for anyone who never saw it before. I uh, definitely have a connection to this song, although probably not as big as another song from this EP, the Employee of the Month EP. As I said, when we've talked about, like, For the Band, how I just constantly listen to that song, and the Employee of the Month EP CD was constantly... How many more times can I say the word constantly? But it was consistently (laughs) in my car. Just that EP was consistently in my car. Out of all of the songs, this might be the one that I would skip more than the rest, just because it's like a slower song, and there are so many other like pop rock and pop punk songs on that EP. But I still definitely heard this song all the time, especially because it's an EP. It's like, what, five or six songs? I'm going to listen to the whole thing beginning to end multiple times before I eject it from the CD player. So I have a connection to this song. And um, unlike for the band, though, when this ends up on Bird and the B-Sides, there's not a significant change. Because for the band has like I think of the mix is significantly different like how we talk about with the regular and the gold of the second and third album and then on the burden b-sides version of for the band they cut out that last joke where instead of saying for the band one more time he says you know what there's nothing like that for penny loafer saved between burn the b-sides and the original except you hear the count in on the burden the b-sides version you don't hear the count in on the original EP version and the cut your hair short and then walk through an airport part in the middle, like the very beach Boise section towards the end. That is definitely the mix is different there. There's more reverb added voice voices are brought up in the mix than that, but everything leading up to that pretty much sounds the same. How do you feel about Penny Loafer <laughs> Saved as a Penny Loafer Earned? Well, not between the two, but the only thing that kind of... One of the things that when I was re-listening to it that stuck out to me that I hadn't noticed before, and now I only listen to the Bird and the B-Sides version because I was just listening on Spotify, um, there's like all that staticky reverb on the guitar in that one like breakdown kind of towards the beginning that is such a stark contrast to the vibe of the rest of the song. I see. Let me... Uh... It's like the rest of it's really like... Doo. Do like we're watching a YouTube video where a lady's making socks or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) How far in is it? Hi, everyone, and welcome back to my channel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is definitely a vlog. I want everyone to know my business has been going really well. I've been taking a little bit of a break, got too many orders, but I'm going to be picking up with all of those orders, getting them shipped out. Expect them all in the mail from me really soon, and then I'll be taking all your orders. Now, as for the church potluck that I told you all about last week, <laughs> let me tell you. Okay, it's that part. Done. Done. Yeah, done like I see why you need something short. a little deeper there, but it's just something about that, like, really. It's kind of it is a little from different the from the rest of the song. Of Here's the bird in the B-sides version. Just one left turn. The matchbox. Who 
the mix is pretty much the same in both versions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I see what you're and saying. And it keeps going for a little bit. Right. And it, but because it's not like a, it, as far as this song goes, like it's obviously inspired by the Beach Boys, but it's not like it is a Beach Beach Boys pashish, like a Beach Boys right. takeoff. No. It's just a clearly inspired by Beach Boys thing. So if they want to put a little. they sing about the song Good, good Vibrations. vibrations exactly. But it's not like other songs that where they're literally just going for a Beach Boys thing or maybe other songs where they're just going for a Pedro the Lion thing or just going for a Weezer thing like this song is just it's a kind of original idea flavored by some Beach Boys influence so to have a heavier guitar in the background there just it makes it it makes it its own thing Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's not necessarily meant to be a jazzy pop rock song the whole way it's meant to add a little bit of uh a little bit of that alternative flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what else do you think about this song? I think it feels... I mentioned Page of the Lion because this song reminds me a lot of Jefferson Airplane. Mm. It's a little peppier I than Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. But it has that feeling of an early Air Force Airplanes. There you go. Concourse B. Yeah. <laughs> But it has that, except, so this has the feeling of like an earthquake song, and certainly the earthquakes, not of the final Wind Up Bird album, but the version of the earthquakes that existed in the background in the 2000s. This has that earthquakes-like feeling to it, except he's name-checking all the members of the band. He's mentioning Brian, he's mentioning Dave. He doesn't mention Hoops, though. No, he doesn't. So it, it yeah, so that kind of, it, 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 it's fun how that kind of times it. You know, maybe that maybe it was kind of like even though this was an EP song in its day, for when all you know Brian and Dave were in the band. I know Dave was still in the band when Burn the B Sides came up. For when Brian was in the band, you know, there's so many name checks of Tyson on the first couple albums, <laughs> like Charles in Charge, like the drops for Charles <laughs> yeah. in Charge, and you got to pay it back. Yeah, you got to pay it back. And Hoops even gets named in uh, the Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend. It's like all these band members have, been, you know, both who both Matts have been named in so many tracks in right. Ryan K, Ryan K's discography up to this point. But Brian hasn't been named that much, and I don't think Dave was named. So it's like, oh, let's write a song that mentions Brian and Dave, so everyone knows who Brian and Dave are. Because I've said when we've done the self-titled album, how kind of genius it is that Tyson is named twice in the album right because it helps give that personality to a band when you're a smaller band people don't go bother necessarily memorizing the band names but to put your name in there like a rap artist saying their name (laughs) as they come in for their guest spot it helps like build or how a pokemon the only words they can say are their own name because then it teaches that i'm serious that's why they do that in the anime Like, the reason why the Pokemon, the only words they can say are their own name, is because then it then teaches the children all, like, 500 Pokemon names when they see them in the cartoon. They can only, they hear, you know, they remember, that's their name. Otherwise, you have to sit there and study the Pokemon, and sure, when it's 150, that's easy, but then you got, like, 500 Pokemon. (laughs) Does Snorlax say Snorlax when he's not snoring? Well, some Pokemon don't talk. But if a Pokemon has... <laughs> some Pokemon just kind of grunt or something. But if a Pokemon mm. can say a word... I don't, and I don't mean if a Pokemon can talk, talk, like Meowth. But if a Pokemon has the ability to say any word, they say their own name. Like Pikachu. Or, um... 
Butterfree. I don't know. <laughs> Mewtwo can talk, so he can say Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff. Psyduck. Psyduck says his own name. Yeah. So is this uh, is this the sexual politic uh, of Reliant K? Is this the most problematic song since Mood Rings? To, 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 to look at penny loafers and say, look at those girly shoes. Now, is it the most problematic since Mood Rings? Let's see. I mean, hard to say. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like staunch uh, Christian rules and, and purity living. Okay. I'm simply talking about okay. gender politics. I'm simply talking about gender so employee of the month came out for what two lefts in yeah. support of two lefts okay yeah so it's it's after sadie hawkins dance sorry mm-hmm. after no it's the same year it's the same it's album it's the same mood album rings. as mood rings it's the same album as mood rings why did i think for a second i thought Sa- did you were you thinking of bird and the b-side so when it's known to the greater world as a as a whole no, that would be that would make me sound less uh like i got it wrong but no i was getting confused and i said mood rings to you first and then my brain said, oh, you're talking about Sadie Hawkins' dance when he says the girls need mood rings. And I'm like, no, no, that's not it. That's what my brain does. It finds similar things. Things live rent-free, as they say, inside certain neurons in my brain. And then I go in to get those thoughts, and I accidentally pull out the wrong... It's like pulling the wrong file out of the same drawer. Poor Danny. It's been a year. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that is also true to say, like, if you followed Reliant K closely at the time and you had this EP and maybe you noticed, okay, Mood Rings is problematic towards girls. And this song, you know, it's it could be conceived as problematic towards the idea of, like, shoe shaming and saying... They don't even look girly. They just have that little thing across the top. Like, literally, these are the only kind of shoes I've ever seen your dad wear. <laughs> well, this is the other... Th- this is the thing I'm getting at. It's like, I don't actually... I'm not offended by it, but I'm just kind of joking around, but also understanding if anyone else was offended by it, is that they want to insult these shoes. So the word they think of to insult them is girly. Now that is an insult. That has historically been an insult, but it's a problem to consider that an insult. It's like saying someone is gay because you think they're bad. It's not that you literally think they are homosexual, but that you're equating the concept of being gay as being something bad. Therefore, you say that's gay meaning that's bad, and that's bad to say that. So here you're saying that's girly, but there's nothing wrong with being girly. Also, these shoes just aren't that girly. Now, if they had said tassel loafers look girly, that would be more understandable because <sighs> I, I'm not a fan of the tassel loafer. Um, my dad had some tassel loafers because those were very popular in the 90s and I always thought they looked goofy, but that's just me. <laughs> well, I mean, penny loafers are strange for sure because they have this like Lone Ranger mask across the tongue. They've all got this because you're just kind of... Okay, lo- Boomer, the Lone <laughs> Ranger mask. Because you're just kind of looking at loafers in general, but if you look closer at penny loafers, they all have this like what it, or, or like the or like Cyclops, like Cyclops yeah. from the X Men. They all have totally. this. They all have this sort of instead of instead of um, tassels or or uh, eyelets for or the guy from Star Trek with the little thing. Yes, the little visory thing. That's right, uh, Jordy. 
So instead of that, they have this sort of visor type thing that goes across the front of the shoe. And it's in all these pictures, it's the exact same material and color as the rest of the shoe. It doesn't bother me. But inside of that weird little section, you're supposed to put in some coins. You're supposed to put the pennies. That's the idea. A penny loafer is literally supposed to have a penny inside of this little strange mask shape that's on there oh okay are you gonna do the deep dive on penny loafers now dan i should have i didn't know that you wouldn't okay here we go here <laughs> well, i planned on doing it on the show <laughs> sorry that i didn't come super <laughs> extra prepared this week because that's penny loafers <laughs> are different from loafers loafers are a casual right. like they're still they still look the only difference between a penny loafer is that it has a little thing across the top with the little slot for you to put your pennies it seems like they could get stolen or fall out easily. And that's kind of what they're referencing. Like it's like, idea. why take your two cents worth and stick them in your silly shoes? So see, there's there's the version with the pennies in there. And I don't know what the fashion statement, where that comes from, mm-hmm. but that is that is why they were invented in this way. It's so that if you die while wearing them, they can just take the pennies out of there, <laughs> pop them on your eyes, and you can ascend. And it's kind of odd when you Pay the lo- fee. When you look at, like, I'm on Bing right now, so... No, I'm on DuckDuckGo, so I should go to Google. But when you type in penny loafers on DuckDuckGo images, at least, all you get are penny loafers without the pennies. So I guess... nobody does that Because nobody puts the pennies in them. But I, I, I only found one picture of a penny loafer with a penny in it. Now I'm on Google images, and I'm like, come on, Google, you won't let me down. They sort of are. <laughs> I guess people still wear penny loafers. They just don't do the penny. And I wonder, okay, here's here's one where it's got, I don't know. I don't know what kind of coin that is. Oh, yeah. So was it some sort of odd fashion statement, particularly for maybe like, is this like, if we find out the history of a penny loafer, if it goes from like the, the depression or post-depression or world war ii or something and it's like we've all got money now we've got wealth and we're gonna put pennies in our shoes to show everybody we've got expendable money are you gonna read the history of the penny loafer right now i absolutely am okay i was reading the abbreviated version on google the penny loafer originated in the 1930s, inspired by the light slip-on shoes worn by norwegian farmers popular with both men and women and easily appeal the easy appeal of the loafer was that it was comfortable as well as smart. The strap on penny loafers was originally a design feature there to aid intrigue to an otherwise simple silhouette. But why are they called penny loafers? The strap had a small slit that was the perfect size to hold a coin. And back in the days when using payphones was the norm, many young men and women would keep money in their shoes in case they needed to make an emergency call. Years later, preppy Americans adapted their loafers and added silver coinage to their shoes to make a statement. And so the penny loafer was born. Hmm. One of the particular appeals of penny loafers is that they can be worn as both formal and casual wear for men and women. From high-flying lawyers to accountants to sharply dressed Yale (laughs) students, the penny loafer has... You're all just talking about one very specific type of person, by the way. The penny loafer has been a style that defies subculture and has truly stood the test of time. Despite attacks from bands like Reliant K on their integrity. So I got to Do you want to know how to wear penny loafers? Yes, please. Because the penny loafers go great with skinny fit jeans or chinos. Don't forget to roll up the ankle to show off your shoes and create a great casual look. 
it's so funny that like to the greatest generation that um a loafer <laughs> is like we've invented this shoe that you wear for when you're being lazy we call it a loafer and it's still the most dressy and pretentious shoe you've ever seen because you can't imagine that generation of people like actually wearing comfortable clothes like it right. was, it's it's like took so long for people to just wear jeans and t-shirts suede penny loafers offer a versatile option that can be dressed up and dressed down for any situation penny loafers can be worn with suits Pair a light-colored suit with a similar tone of loafer for a great summer look, and a dark suit with a, pat- with a patent loafer for a more formal look. Don't tell me what to do. What is this article from? Try wearing penny loafers with socks to create a clean, minimalist silhouette from head to toe. <laughs> They're so obsessed with your silhouettes. <laughs> and here's more of the tassel ones. Are you making Wednesday night silhouettes like oh, and these Principal funky Skinner and ones with the little, the little like uh, fringe. Not a fan of those either. Is this from some UK blog? Yes. Yes, it is. It's <laughs> just some UK blog. <laughs> uh, shooch? S-C-H-U-H. Blog.schuh.co.uk. Shush. Shush. There we go. So to go back to the lyric... and I'll I have be- to say I'm kind of disappointed with that history. I mean that's a that's about what I expected. I didn't expect it to be like a I liked big, the idea of the Great Depression or something, and yeah, and, and then people. But, that's how what I assumed. I thought it was well. He did th- this. He they they said in this article that later generations would always put the coins in there for a fashion statement. That's basically what I thought it was. But I thought it was that right away. I thought it was we just came out of the depression. We got money. Let's put money in our shoes to show these are happy days and we got the money and we got so much money that we can put it in our shoes as a as an ornament and not even worry about it nope it's in case you gotta make a call i guess in case you gotta make a call i mean i guess that makes sense like were people still putting money in their shoes even before they had the strap on the penny loafer it sounds to me like people would put extra coins in their shoe yeah people keep coins in their shoes all the time in old-timey movies yeah just because that's like the last place you'd look exactly but then if everybody i used to do it just for fun yeah if everybody knew that there was money in people's shoes, then when they say, you know, if you get mugged, you say, take off your shoes, give yeah, me the money think. in your shoes. But maybe it was more like, if I accidentally lose my wallet, I've got money in my shoes for an emergency. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not going to lose my shoes. Right. I mean, unless you go on a roller coaster. Also a good place <laughs> to lose your phone. That is true. That is totally true. Did you see that video where someone like caught a phone in midair on a roller coaster. I think someone no. ad mentioned that. Wow. I can't, I'm not going to be able to find it right now. But somebody ad mentioned us and, you know, quoted that song. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go through the lyrics real quick? Yeah, I want to go through the lyrics, especially now knowing a little bit more about the penny loafer and having seen that in modern times, people don't put anything in the strap of the penny loafer. I think this is just a nonsense song. Well, Brian, I know it is a nonsense song. Well, Brian and me, well, we both agree that penny loafers are absurd. Because I don't know why on earth you would take your two cents worth and stick them in your girly shoes. Am I going to have to bleep girly? And Dave replied, well, after all, why not at least use quarters so that you can make a phone call? Well, we found out that is what they used to do. Yeah. They would put a phone call's worth of money into the shoe. Matt Teeson did not do his research before <laughs> writing this he didn't, song. He didn't go to pennyloafer.org.uk to double check the history of the penny loafer like we're doing. We're correcting this song. It's time for them to, you know, 
update this song. I also tweeted right before we recorded uh, yesterday, <laughs> which is right before we recorded. I I I, I uh, tweeted that Brian Pittman actually left Reliant K because his views on Penny Loafers changed. Right. <laughs> and then I found out that Stephen Shutters like sent it to Dave to to Brian. Why would he send it to Dave? Nice. He sent it to Brian, <laughs> and Brian replied with like laugh symbols, and it said, "This is at least twenty percent true." <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so we just read all the lyrics in this song about penny loafers, right? right? So the song is called A Penny Loafer Saved as a Penny Loafer Earned, which is a silly title. It's a pun. It's a weird pun, right? Classic and then, Reliant K, play on words. Yeah. Very and you, th- you think this is a song about penny loafers, but really it's a verse about penny loafers. <laughs> and that's it. Because then the rest of the song is, it's finally time, time for our victory lap. Assemble the B... Just one last turn. The matchbox... I don't know what... I'm, I'm, I better double-check genius. The matchbox tires spin out on the welcome mat, and the f- firemen are tired men who can't put out the rug burn, and they say, cut your hair short and then walk through an airport so you can dream of destinations, all while singing good vibrations. And that's the end of the lyrics for this song. I mean, it's it. the song keeps going, but it's just repeating things that have already been sung. This makes me think of Vegas Vacation. Because the opening to that movie is with Clark driving down the road and he's like, Vegas, 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 and Good Vibrations is playing in the background. And then he like gathers the family together and they fly to Vegas. So cutting your hair short, walking through an airport, singing Good Vibrations makes me think of Vegas Vacation. Hmm. And that was before this, that was 97, I think, was Vegas Vacation. Yeah, it was 96 or 97. I yeah, think, yeah, so maybe that's maybe this is in reference to that. Or maybe Matt Teeson cut his hair short and then walked through an airport singing good, 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 good vibrations. Maybe. When did Teeson go to the shorter hair look that he had for mm-hmm? Uh, for, during mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I feel like his shortest hair was uh, around collapsible lung right like the greatest tour ever or something didn't he have the really really long curlier hair then i mean i know he does now like his hair now is like the longest curliest but yeah he had long curly hair for a long time but i don't know how often i don't know i've never mapped out the timeline of matt teeson's hair well what kind of reliant k fan are you i'm sure there's a twitter account called the history of matt teeson's hair that we could i'm pretty sure his hair does have a twitter account so we should check it out and see if maybe there's any answers over there yeah but that's like first person research we do that's like we need to to get some secondary (laughs) some secondary citations to make sure that matt teeson's hair isn't trying to pull a fast one on us you're absolutely correct so uh yeah the the assemble to be part when it's finally time time for our victory lap assemble to be i don't it's hard i don't know what that means because on az lyrics it said assemble the b as in the letter b and then on genius it says assemble to be like assemble so you can be someone or something there's some um back and forth in the song meanings comments about like questioning the lyrics so i guess there isn't an official lyrics uh there aren't official lyrics posted anywhere so i guess people are are still debating what is what and sort of correcting one another gotcha well then the lyric of the matchbox tires spin out on the welcome mat and the firemen are tired men who can't put out the rug burn it makes me think of like a child 
playing on a welcome mat with their toys, Mm -hmm. which also in turn makes me think of spilling your apple juice in the hall. (laughs) (laughs) Or did you have as a kid one of those rugs that were very popular in the 80s and 90s where it was like a little town setting and it had roads and stuff and you drove your little toy cars on it? I see those in stores and I see those in doctor's offices and stuff. You could totally get a rug burn plan on one of those. And then you have your firemen come over in your little fire truck, put out your rug burn. Oh, man. Matt Thiessen would be so good on Wheel of Fortune. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I was watching... I was First, I was watching the world's, you know, most worst uh, uh, Wheel of Fortune fails. (laughs) And then I started watching the world's best Wheel... I was like, now I need to flip this. And I watched, like, the best Wheel of Fortune solves ever. Like, people who have solved puzzles, like, accidentally... Like when you're doing that final one and you just have to like sound it out and you just mm-hmm. have to keep saying as many things you think of. And the person's like says the first one right. He, he has nothing to work on. He says the first one correct the first time, but he's still saying more options before the judge <laughs> even has the time to like click the, mm-hmm. the correct buzzer. Um, there's one. There's one Wheel of Fortune clip that I hate because it is such nonsense and it still gets passed around all the time. And it's a joke. It is fake, fake, fake. And I won't say anything except that it's a joke about it's a joke about the N-word. And it gets passed around all the time. It's on YouTube, it's on Instagram, it's on all, any video sharing platform. Like, look at this crazy time this happened. But it's so fake because right. the guy saying the thing, like he can go see it if you want on your own. But the guy who does sets up the joke is so clearly green screened in. <laughs> right. But then you'll see the comments and like, oh man, what a racist. What a, well, this is, this is horrible. I'm like, but also the puzzle that he tries to solve with the slur is like all solved except for one letter. And it's a, it's literally a ripoff of an episode of South Park. First mm. of all, it's a ripoff of an episode of South Park. That where this actually happened and they have a whole story around it. But then they just do this one clip and they tried to make it look real. They did a really bad job. And if there was one letter left, you solve. <laughs> right. It's like ridiculous. So anyway, as soon as I see, and my point is, as soon as I see that clip in any Wheel of Fortune fail compilation, I give it a thumbs down and I click away even if the compilation otherwise is for there's so many compilations of wheel of fortune on youtube this is my advice you this see is that what clip, you do in your spare down. time you watch wheel of fortune clips? this is all i do in my spare time this is the only thing i do in my spare time no i just watched it on youtube for a little bit <laughs> don't shake your head at me so let's see anything else <laughs> I feel like I've said about all I can say about this song, but like, yeah, it is like a nonsense song because it starts with a little story, which I'm guessing is completely true. The Brian and Dave and Tyson talk about penny loafers, and then he just writes that down and puts it in a little nonsense song. What if the guy whose penny loafers they are making fun of was Hoops? Oh. This That's sense. why he's not name dropped. Yeah. They didn't want to embarrass him. They didn't want to embarrass him that he wears penny loafers on tour. <laughs> uh then the second verse is just like a little story that it's not even like a story it's like you what whatever you think this matchbox and firemen on the tired men and whatever it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of wor- playful wordplay and then just singing good vibrations good vibrations and cutting your hair short it's, it is like a practice it's almost like a practice nonsense song yeah it really is 
a cousin to Silly Shoes. <laughs> yeah, it's a throwaway. It's, a, it's just a goofy song. Yeah. I could see how it would be like... Um, maybe they needed like one more song for the EP. They're like, what can we come up with? Or maybe they recorded for the album and they were like, no, we've got enough good material on here mm-hmm. and we still are going to put some other joke songs on, or some other throwaway tracks. <laughs> we have so many joke songs already. We don't need this one yeah, on here too. Yeah, we don't too. need this one too. So it makes sense as a B-side, honestly. But it still feels kind of classic Reliant K to me because this does come from the time on that EP where I was constantly listening to the Employee of the Month EP and I just think of this song as a quintessential Reliant K song, even though it's not necessarily. Do you have anything else to say about the song? No, we're going to go ahead and take our break and we'll be right back after these messages. We want to thank you very much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. From there, you can interact with us as well as view the videos and images we talk about on the show. You can also call our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. That's 402-957-2343. Leave us a message and we can play it on a future episode. Also, we invite you to check out SadieHawkinsPod.com, one simple place to get links to all our social media and a link to our Tee Public store. There you can pick up merchandise, or merch as it's known in the industry. We have our Black Flag parody shirt, our little Sheet Boy ice cream shirt, and our all-new Boys from Canton ampersand shirts that list the first names of every album lineup of Reliant K. And if you can't get enough of us, well, good news. At patreon.com slash Pod, we are releasing at least two bonus episodes a month. You'll also have access to our whole backlog, including our discussion of Owl City's Ocean Eyes, reading through the complex infrastructure book, and the songs from K is for Karaoke. Finally, we want to thank our current patrons, who include Daniel, Josh, JR, Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. We hope to see you there, and even if we don't, we hope that you will keep us in positive regard. Aww. And we're back with yard work. <laughs> Yeah, while we were on our break, the yard work started outside. And I didn't think that I could possibly have a shorter deep dive (laughs) than Nothing for Christmas. And actually, the last few have been really short. We have song meetings, and that's it. Oh, okay. I just wanted to say, because I've been... I actually, this week, wanted to do Failure to Excommunicate. I've been looking forward to doing Failure to Excommunicate. Someone on Twitter asked us if we would do it soon. And I have a lot to say about that song. I really do. And then this stuff that happened this week, which I'm not, i sorry to be vague about it. I literally can't talk about it. It kind of, it's like that song, that story in my life. And I'm like, this is too soon. I literally can't talk about that song, like right after that thing happened. So, yeah. Yeah. So as I'm reading through, like actually reading through the lyrics. So that's why I picked a dumb song. Sorry. That's why I picked a dumb song, <laughs> a, a, a silly song, because uh, I, I wanted something light and easy and something I assumed wouldn't have a ton of deep dives so we could uh, have a good, easy time. Yeah. So it's finally time for our victory lap. Assemble the B or whatever the lyrics are. Just one left turn. The matchbox tires spin out on the welcome mat, and the firemen are tired men who can't put out the rug burn. That is absolutely about one of those car mats. Okay, yeah. It's got to be about one of those play mats, because the matchbox tires spin out on the mat. Right. 
and the firemen, because you always have the little fire trucks too, are tired men who can't put out the rug burn that you get pl- spinning around playing and on the thing. And he says, welcome, Matt, but that could be like uh, a red herring yeah. <laughs> to, to throw you off the trail. Yeah, so that, that if you're furthers a kid my you, hypothesis. If you're a kid and you have a play mat in your room, you might say, this is my welcome mat, but it's not a welcome mat. It's like kid logic. Like, this is yeah. my welcome mat. Those were so much fun. I used to love those. Danny, can we get one? Can we get a car mat? <laughs> Sure. Yay. Music Equals Life on December 7th, 2004 said, yeah, it is and soon there will be just one left turn. I went to a concert a while ago and Matt performed this one and it was really obvious that it was and soon there will be for anyone who cares. Referring to the lyrics. Oh, okay. Oh, actually, I do have one live performance so we can listen closer to that section. Awesome. Wise Wiz... On May 10th, 2004, said, This is a fun song. I have no idea what it means, if anything, but nevertheless, it's fun to listen to. Heh, I like the Beach Boys illusion at the end. BTW, I think he's singing, I think what he's singing is, And soon there will be just one left turn. I thought it was Assemble the Bee at first, too, but I think And soon there will be makes more sense. Doing underscore research on June 24th, 2006. Ooh, now if they're doing research, they might be doing our jobs for us, Dan. Yeah, because it's like it used to be three lefts, you know? So yeah, it's soon because there will be just one left turn. Anyways, it's just the classic. I hate Penny Loafer's deal and it doesn't really mean anything. Thank you, doing research. RK Rocks 521 on August 11th, 2006 said, I read an interview about this song. They actually wrote it because they were at the airport and there was this guy wearing penny loafers. Him and Dave thought they looked silly and wondered why anyone would buy them. So then Matt made it into a song. We need site sourced here because I could not find this article. I did read that comment ahead of time. (laughs) And also that's literally just what it says in the song. Right. (laughs) All he added was there was a guy at the airport. Right. That's the, the the extra information, which may or may not be true. XAQ27 on November 7th, 2007 said, This song shows that Maddie T, the lead singer, has a great sense of humor. I love this song because it's completely pointless, but it's very well done. It's kind of like when you're walking in an art museum and you come across this painting that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but you still like it for whatever reason. Or maybe I'm just weird. And I'm was capitalized. Yeah, I like that. Because I'm all about things don't need to mean things. And actually, that's pretty relevant because we don't get a lot of these in Reliant K songs. With Reliant K songs, but you can't ask, is this about a god or a girl? <laughs> this is about nothing. <laughs> this is about nothing. There's no deeper meaning to this song. Vizette on July 29th, 2008 said, I think the line is actually assembled to be just one left turn. It sounds to me like the gang was just playing with some matchbox cars. You know, those things that come with tracks, you can break apart and build whatever you want. I think they literally just built a left turn and drove their little cars on it. Those sillies. Smiley faced. Sorry, that's my favorite part of the song. Winky smiley face. As for the rest, I don't really think this song means much. Chilltown 22 said on August 27th, 2008, man, I'd like to go to Chilltown. This is just one of those sit down with a guitar and make up stuff kind of songs. Catchy song and it 
also has references to the old members, such as, so they obviously listened as part of the right. uh, Bird and the B-Sides collection. It should Brian be. and me and Dave replied creative lyrics. What, me? Tyson's not an old member of the band who's not there anymore. <laughs> He's still there. Creative lyrics, too. The matchbox tires spin out on the welcome mat, and the firemen are lazy men who can't put the rug put out the rug burn. Man, Reliant K rocks with three exclamation points. <laughs> so, Danny, what do you have? I have a mint in my mouth. Well, besides that... Oh, gross. Yeah, sure. Put that put that anywhere. Save that for later. Well, that's disgusting. I can't be chewing a mint or sucking on a mint in the middle of the podcast. I'll just put it here on the table. So, yeah, I have one live performance, and it is from the recently uploaded Cornerstone 2004 uh, full YouTube video, which was, you know, just put on YouTube this year. And when you go to it, the Sadie Hawkins Pod YouTube account created the set list on YouTube. So here is what it sounds like when doves cry. No, when the Bluetooth doesn't turn itself off. Hold on. So here is Reliant K playing, and this is like the second to last song of the night or something. Like this is a weird penultimate song. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because we just we just recently discussed this show because the show ended with Am I Understood? I Am Understood. The show ended with I Am Understood chapstick is third to last sadie hawkins dance is fourth to last like this is a very oddly (laughs) ended set list for 2004 and this is also like an odd moment in the band's history because mm-hmm is being worked on but brian is still in the band and the johns haven't joined and when we've watched this footage it's just such an odd little venn diagram of their history where you can see the modern Reliant K starting and the old Reliant K still present since Brian is there and Brian actually plays who I am, hates who I've been, which is such a rare occurrence. And for them to do this real deep cut B side from an EP as the second to last song, what an odd way and not to do chapstick and Sadie Hawkins dance, like third and fourth from right. last and it's, it's a festival so, so it's not like they're going to be doing an encore yeah i can almost understand doing i am understood as an ender or doing some sort of like big worship song whether it's a hit or not as an ender but you don't do a goofy song do you do a goofy <laughs> song like wouldn't you want to do sadie hawkins dance and then i am understood or something well maybe i'm wrong maybe this will be one of the best performances of reliant k we've ever heard here we go <laughs> If you know it, sing it along, okay? Sing along with it, rather. Well, Brian and me, well, we both agree that the penny loafers are absurd. Cause I don't know why on earth you would take your two cents worth and stick them in your girly shoes. Dave replied, well, after all, why not at least use chorus so then you can make a phone call? So it's finally Something that's occurring to me now is this also has a very Ben Folds feel. This has a very, uh, 
uh, rock in the suburbs feel like that yeah like that solo post ben folds five like trying to be a geek trying to be more of a geek rocker version of ben folds um especially i mean the piano kind of sells that but also there's just something about the dun dun and like the goofiness and the jangliness of it Sounds like he's saying assembled to be. Yeah. Assembled to be. It's it's kind of slurred. It's hard yeah. to say. Assemble. It sounds to me like assembled to be. Like something has been assembled to be what? This is yeah, another it could dun- be. It could be that they assembled the thing to be just one left turn, and they were playing. Maybe they were doing a church show, and they were like in I don't know the playroom or whatever, oh, and they're like yeah. sending the things down the car spinny thing, and yeah. then it spins out onto assembled the welcome to mat. Be one left turn for the Matchbox. Yeah. Cars. Okay. I also realized this like is the yet another. Said. This is yet another Reliant K song. This dun 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 yep. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Put it in the dun 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 list. They do that part a little bit like the, the, live. This version, it feels a little bit more cohesive mm-hmm. than say the EP, Bird and the B sides version, which are basically the same. Like yeah, you know, you even said that that sort of a grungy guitar in the background when this part starts. Yeah. It does seem a little, you know, it's a it's a it's different. It's not it's it's not complete it doesn't completely jive with the rest of the song. But this has this fun little jazzy feel, which again, for me, ties it even stronger into Ben Folds. So I guess that's it. I guess they, they cut the even, song short. They, they couldn't the wait to short. get to the hair, airport. Cut the song short, and then yeah, guys, <laughs> we the airport, get... the airport, same thing. This is our last song. We want to thank you guys so much for sticking with us. <laughs> it <laughs> so sounds, sounds so self-flagellating. Like, thanks for, thanks for sticking with this, guys. <laughs> it's so odd. Also. I mean, just giving more to the vibes of this is like that. This is the changeover of Reliant K as they were. Here he has the NoFX sticker keyboard, which is such a staple mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm era with the Johns. But here they are with Brian on bass. So this really is like the begin. This really is the transition period. I've been obsessed recently because we watched so much Simpsons on Disney Plus with going through the seasons of the Simpsons and seeing when things when things felt like they started to change because you you know if you pick an episode from season 2 and you pick an episode from season 11 you know they're going to feel completely different mm-hmm. right or even if you pick season 5 and season 11 they're going to feel completely different 
but that the, the the changes are like gradients like the changes are slight like jer- it's famously known as jerk ass homer when homer just becomes more like random and incredibly stupid and less of a human being overall right. he's called jerk ass homer by the fandom it's like when does jerk ass homer start when does the show start to get a little less funny when do when does the the drawings also kind of change and it's kind of well known that it's um what's his name scully Mike Scully. Mike Scully is the showrunner who's kind of, like, blamed for some of the first declines of The Simpsons. But I'll go through The Simpsons episode history, right? And I'll be like, okay, the moment where Simpsons became, switched from that rough, not that funny version of the first two seasons, and the moment where it became what you think of as modern Simpsons, the first episode like that is the one where Bart gets accused of killing Skinner because he has an after-school job with the mob. Right. Right? That's the first episode I think of as modern Simpsons, where it starts to get away from the slice of life, not too different, not too um, experimental, but not also not very funny version of the first season of Simpsons. And then I think it starts to get into what you think of as like season 10 and on Simpsons where there's a lot more celebrities playing themselves. It's a lot less funny. There's a lot more, like, like just drawn-out humor in a bad way, and there's mm-hmm. more jerk-ass Homer. That version of The Simpsons actually starts... I already forgot which. It's season 8 or 9, and it's the episode where Mr. Burns and Homer get trapped in a cabin under the snow. I watch that episode, I'm like, this is not very funny. This feels to me like a season 11 episode. Right. So that's the beginning of the end. But then after that are classic episodes. After that episode for a couple more, for another season and a half or so. My whole point is like, I'm just comparing this to like, here we see Reliant K about to transition. I'm obsessed with figuring out when the Simpsons transitioned between eras. So there's not a night core, but there is... Someone just took the song and just pitched it up. <laughs> Which nice. doesn't count as Nightcore because it's still the same. Uh, this is uploaded by the Pitch Flippers. So there's that. Yeah, this makes sense for this song. <laughs> yeah. You could do anything goofy with this song, and you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Ten years ago, 434 views. Wow. But I mean, like, there's so little point to it. I mean, you could say, like, Nightcore has very little point to it because it's it's like a joke genre. It's not a real genre. But you can tell when Nightcore is good and when Nightcore is bad, and sometimes a song sped up actually rocks more. I don't know what's going on here. Like, this doesn't make me feel anything different. <laughs> it just sounds wrong. It just sounds like a mistake. <laughs> but this is a whole channel. What else did the Pitch Flippers do? They did uh, Before I Forget by Slipknot. They did The Ready Set by Balcony. No, wait. They did the song Balconies by The Ready Set. They did Bad Girlfriend by Theory of a Dead Man. Three Days Grace. All the small things. Let's hear their all the small things. Oh, and they don't they don't own any of the copyright. (laughs) 
It also sounds like it's made out of like a 96 kilobyte MP3. <laughs> it, it just sounds bad. <laughs> They're working with bad material. And I don't mean the song, all the small things. <laughs> like, there's so much information missing from this audio. Yeah. Aside from being pitched up. Okay. I mean, unless it's... <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. You said that, like, both your mom and grandmother would say that. <laughs> That's why it struck me particularly funny. <laughs> Their two most viewed videos are Theory of a Dead Man and, the, and uh, Three Days Grace. They both have 2,000 or more views. And they also did... And the Penny Loafer Penny Saved is... Penny Loafer Saved is a Penny Loafer Earned was their first video out of like 10 and then they stopped. Stitch Flippers. There's only three covers. So here's the first one. They're all acoustic. I guess we could do them all. This one is by Eric Van Hooser. Hooser with a Z. Rock and roll. <laughs> Dave applied well after all. Why not at least use quarters so that you can make a phone call? It's finally time. Time for our victory lap. Assembled and be. Just one last turn. Oh yeah, all the covers are gonna have to decide what is the assembled yeah. and be part. The matchbox tires spin out on the welcome mat. And the firemen are tired men who can't put out the rug burn. And they say, cut your hair short and then walk through an airport. So you can dream of destination. This will leave me dreaming. It's so, uh... It's pretty. It's pretty. It's just so just such low energy. It feels like a lullaby. It feels... It definitely feels... I mean, it feels slower than the actual song. That could be incorrect. There is a thing, which I learned recently, where sometimes when songs are louder, people think they're faster, and when they're quieter, people think they're slower, mm -hmm. but they might... Right. They might factually be the exact same beats and rhythm. That's funny. But to me, that did feel slower. Here's a different cover. This is by Owlie Goes Roar. Hey, cousin. Doing this just for you. Oh, well, I feel bad. Because apparently they're only doing this for their cousin. And we shouldn't be listening in. Does this feel like voyeuristic to be watching a cover that someone did for their cousin? A little bit, but they did post it to YouTube, so... Yeah. Sarah and me, well, we both agree that penny loafers are absurd. Because I don't know why on earth you would take your two cents worth and stick them in your girly shoes. Well, after all, why not at least use quarters so then you can make a phone call? It's finally time, time for our victory lap. Oh yeah, I have to say, not knowing a lot about music, that does seem like quite a key change, right? Right there, right before the 
now it's time time for our victory lap like there's mm-hmm. a is that a key change that's definitely some sort of change if that's like a time signature change i'm not sure or a key change like just listen to her, her kind of struggle with this change it's some sort of change dave replied well after all why not at least use card so then you can make a phone call it's finally time time for our victory oh yeah lap. i hear it it's like yeah. a key change right yeah I kind of wasn't thinking, like, I don't know how often that happens in Reliant K music. Maybe more often than I think, but I don't think I've ever noticed something like that before. Hello, phone. Play the song I played. <laughs> it's like, wait, why, why are we stopping? Because I'm trying to go back and listen to that section of the song in the actual song. And it's just not playing. My phone is just like it says it's playing the song, but it's not. It's because I was recording my screen because sometimes I record the covers when we do right. them, so I have a good map of exactly what I played, but I guess you can't screen record your own music. Which doesn't make any sense, because you can screen record Spotify, you can screen record YouTube, you can get whatever you want. That doesn't help anybody with copyright for me not to be able to record my own screen on the the Apple Music app. At least use quarters so then you can make a phone call. It's finally time, time for our victory lap. I mean, that's, it feels smooth there. Mm -hmm. If that's a key change, it feels smooth there, but it just feels like, you know, it definitely felt like something entirely different when you're trying to do this on acoustic. So let's see how she sings the Assemble to Be. Assemble the B, just one last turn. Assemble to be one last turn. It sounded like she said assemble the B one last turn. That is what it says on some of the older lyric sites. Mm -hmm. You can make a phone call. It's finally time. Time for our victory lap. This is a very praise and worshipy cover. <laughs> it is. Matchbox tires spin out on the welcome back. It's nice. Everyone's doing a nice job, just hanging out, jamming on the guitar. And here's someone we've played before, not a lot, but she comes up on SoundCloud. And this is uh, SoundCloud's doing this thing where it picks the wrong song when I pick a song. <laughs> does this all the time you're having a time dan i clearly pick a song and then spot and then soundcloud starts playing the wrong song (laughs) what the heck that's not what i just picked did i copy no it says right here there we go brian and me well we both agree so this is alicia and denning who's on who has a lot of reliant k covers on soundcloud we don't play them all the time because there is like a bad tinny Mm -hmm. feedback in the background of a lot of her covers but here's just a vocal cover 31 second vocal cover of the first part of this song with like a do you hear that (laughs) drop water plop it's like a water plop i think it's an app sound from like the recording or something gotcha brian and me well we both agree that the penny loafers are absurd. It's like working from that home and your baby's not having it. <laughs> it's like working from home and your kids are in the background. That and you're baby's to have like, a you leave my penny loafers alone. <laughs> 
Cause I don't know why on earth you would take your two cents worth and stick them in your girly shoes. And Dave replied, well after all, why not at least use quarters so then you can make a phone call. There you go. Oh, did it just end there? <laughs> it just ends oh, there. Oh, okay, nice. So then we have a couple of things. Uh, here's a person, and this is not John Schneck, but here's, in fan stuff, here's someone named Uncle Brian solving a Rubik's Cube to this song. Oh, wow. Interesting. 12 years ago before, I mean, when did Schneck's Rubik's Cube videos go up? I don't know, but... A couple years back, I think. Huh. Actual timing, 44.56 sec, 44. seconds. Wow. That cube. This isn't even more squares cube. Assemble the cube. It's like kind of horrifying how fast this person's going. <laughs> Is this sped up? Maybe they sped it up. And then that's why it says actual time at the end to let you know. Yeah, probably. That it's a time lapse video. Yeah, it sounds like it. Okay, yeah, this is that's what's going on. It took them six minutes to solve the one that had more squares on it. Wow, that's still like super fast. Yeah. So here's one last thing. This is the uh, there's there's one or two literal FMVs, but here's this one because this kid's got. He's got his dad's penny loafers on. <laughs> yeah. It's got actual penny loafers in it, so yep. that helps a lot. They just, like, cut in. Oh my gosh, they just keep cutting in closer on it's the It's like shows. a real, it's like a Matt Hoops posting to Instagram. <laughs> it's just pictures of his shoes. Yep. That's why Hoops isn't mentioned in the song, because he's like, I love taking pictures of shoes. Mm -hmm. Someday, if there's a photography app where that has a social media aspect, I don't even know what social media is right now. I barely know. I've heard of MySpace and Friendster, but if things get beyond that and you start sharing video uh, pictures, I'm going to use that app to sh show a lot of pictures of feet. Because that's what Hoops does. He shows a lot of pictures of his own feet. He's always, I don't know, is he testing the camera? Testing the, testing the camera by taking pictures of his feet? So that was fun, right? Did you see it what is. just happened? It looks like this kid might have dyed his hair to look like Matt Thiessen. Yes, he has very curly, bleached hair yep. in a Matt Thiessen way. Oh, I didn't say who, but this is uploaded by Famous Chamus. Chamus. Famous Chamus. C-H-A-M-U-S. And, uh, yeah, he's got, like, dark black eyebrows, but bleached blonde hair, curly, and a very kind of frightening grin every time he looks in the camera. I think he's playing it up and being yeah. a little wacky, but it's very frightening. Then he holds up a penny. And brings it up all the way to the camera until it blocks. And when he pulls it back, it's a quarter. And that's like a really common thing that happens in TikToks now. People mm -hmm. are constantly like putting their hand against the camera and then pulling it back and they're somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That happens all the time. This this kid, this person was nine years ahead of the curve. Because it's well, actually, nice. I thought this video would be older. <laughs> Maybe they just got around to uploading it nine years ago. Maybe. Well, they have a five. Well, yeah, they, and they have a five-score poster in the background, so it's at least from 2007. It looks nice and cold and dreary wherever they are. Yeah. And then it's just oh, footage. the flags at half mast. Oh, maybe because of the rain. No, is it supposed to take it down in the rain? He's supposed to half mast when something sad happens, 
But there's other reasons to half mass. There's like oh, certain weather gotcha. reasons that you half mass. There's not terribly much more to it. Just He's some like hula dancing on his porch. <laughs> See what else? Running around Jameis. in the backyard. Oh, famous Jameis eventually shaved his hair. Oh wow! And he went to he cut his hair short and went to the airport. I guess. Sure thing. I hear that's what you have to do to go to the airport these days. Interesting. Also horrifying. <laughs> so that is Penny Loafer Saved is a Penny Loafer Earned. Nice, easy song for me to discuss as my brain feels like it's melting, as the universe feels like it's against me, as the enemy is out oh, there trying to bring oh down no. the Reliant K oh, podcast no. community. Oh, no. Of course, by the enemy, I mean the greatest enemy of Reliant K podcast. Reliant K. <laughs> <laughs> so dan do you like <laughs> they, they don't like us they don't like us out there making money off of their intellectual property do you like this song more or less or the same i like the song the same i don't i'm not like crazy about it like i said i have a strong emotional tie to it from back in the, the days of this ep but i didn't like it didn't reconnect to me like for the band would have I like it a little less. Hearing it so many times in a row just now, I'm like, oof. It gets gets a little monotonous after a minute. It does a little bit. Hey, it was considered uh, not monotonous enough to play a Cornerstone 2004, second to last. They cut half the song out, but still. So, uh, time for our victory lap. Thanks for listening.